Wednesday, we bring you the Council Roundup, a review of what happened at the Springfield City Council meeting the night before, and we've got tons to get to, so let's get right on into it. Of course, uh, the City Council, we just saw an election, uh, have yet to see the new City Council seated, uh, even uh, the mayor-elect, Misty Busher, getting ready to take over that office uh, from Jim Langfelder, uh, but that uh, transition has yet to happen, uh, will happen in the weeks ahead, and of course, we'll uh, watch as the makeup of the Springfield City Council changes. But uh, things were, uh, you know, chugging right along last night and uh, lots to cover, including uh, the ongoing uh, questions that there are about the uh, the Legacy Point uh, Shields Sports Complex in Springfield that uh, has yet to be shovels in the ground. So we'll get updates on that. Uh, they did approve the change in an agreement for that project. So we'll uh, hear some of the concerns there were, but also a lot of the aspirations there are. And uh, what a lot of people say is going to uh, hopefully uh, calm the skeptics down who've said for years this thing is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. They're never going to actually build it. So uh, will they actually build it? We shall uh, watch that closely. But let's go ahead and get uh, the Treasurer's report last night, a review of, from Treasurer Misty Busher, Mayor-elect Misty Busher, uh, about how much uh, money the city has in its coffers. Thank you, Mayor Langfelder. The corporate fund in the month of March had a beginning balance of $70,432,274. We had total receipts of $11,292,740. We had total disbursements in the month of March of $14,337,810, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance of $67,387,204. Of that ending corporate fund, Balance, Mayor Langfelder, your ARPA fund balance included in that is $21,599,047. This concludes my report, Mayor Langfelder. So a lot of money uh, in city coffers, $67 million, uh, and uh, $20-plus million is from the uh, COVID-19 relief that the city got. Uh, so interesting to see that happen. Uh, we also had a presentation at the State House last night from the um, uh, architect of the Illinois State Capitol. Uh, Andrea Eckert was there uh, to tell Springfield Alderman and the mayor uh, what's going on in downtown Springfield at that Illinois State Capitol. If you live in Springfield, you've seen all kinds of activity. Well, here's uh, kind of an overview of what's going on there. A cost, again, of $240 million in state dollars. Um, however, the renovations that we're doing to date is the largest that's ever going to be done. And it's going to have a huge and significant impact on both member, our visitors of Springfield, um, local citizens of Springfield, and hopefully tourists from across the, the U.S. Now, uh, she went on to say that uh, they're doing similar renovations than what they did um, just a handful of years ago. And at that point, um, we had goals and objectives, and those same goals and objectives are really for the north. Um, they include life safety improvements, so um, fire alarm upgrades, fire sprinklers. About half the building currently doesn't have sprinkler coverage, so it's in the state's best interest to make sure that we fully cover that building in case of an emergency. <clears throat> and even uh, more being said about the project. As, as some of you know, mezzanines were added in the late 60s and early 70s that really took away some of that historic fabric in those spaces. And um, those mezzanines, just like the West, will be going away in the North. Actually, I was just in there today, and most of them have been removed. And there's also uh, going to be some changes. You've already seen these changes on the northern entrance of the Capitol building, where they have dug that out. Uh, I've taken pictures, kind of progression of it. It's incredible how much they've dug that out and how much you see of the the original foundation of the Capitol that was built 
130 plus years ago. Think about that. The Illinois State Capitol was built 130 plus years ago, uh, and they're just continuing to maintain it. Now, the price tag again for this round is $240 million. That includes some significant upgrades, including upgrades to the northern entrance to make a uh, smooth visitor's entrance for the Illinois State Capitol. Here's, uh, again, the architect of the Capitol, uh, Andrea Eckerts, talking to the uh, city council last night. So a place that kind of greets people with open arms, um, allows those excited school groups to come into the Capitol building. The rally groups that we see here, um, you know, grace us with their presence in Springfield. And just to allow the streamline people moving through the building, which will also include a new tour guide video room. Just like other landmarks, you can go and sit down and watch a short clip about the history of the building. So another addition uh, that's being added to the uh, Capitol complex here as they uh, continue the uh, ongoing renovations and uh, making sure that, uh, you know, you get updated because it's your tax dollars paying for it. Uh, another addition is a underground conference center of sorts. We will also be adding a new underground conference center. So hopefully we can um, offer space to the public for a meeting space, um, additional space for both the legislative and the executive branch to be able to meet. And then um, with that also comes a new underground parking garage. Um, as we move towards trying to incorporate a lot of parking underground and just gain that valuable green space close to the, the state capitol building, we want to try to remove some of that um, on-surface parking. There's also uh, some significant changes to the uh, northern entrance driveway, uh, and that was for security reasons, she said. We've had many security consultants over the years tell us that that north drive is just too close to the building. Um, we want to make sure that people who visit and work in the building um, stay safe. So again, uh, they're also uh, you know, essentially making some walkways that are uh, handicap accessible and ADA compliant. That's another major thing that they're focusing on uh, when it comes to the, uh, the changes they're making. Uh, but, uh, you know, the public areas, they're also looking to stage on the northern entrance to allow people to gather and uh, have conversations with constituents or whatever. Um, the plaza you see on the top, that it can be a place where someone could have um, a networking uh, group or a member can invite constituents to, to hear a short speech. Again, just trying to... to and incorporate more public space areas for meetings and impromptu discussions. But the look is still going to stay mostly the same. We'll be using a lot of the same materials that are on the existing state house today um, to make it look like it wasn't just added, but it's been there for a long time. Again, we're hearing from the uh, architect of the Capitol, uh, Andrea Ackerts, about uh, what's going on there. The timeline, how are we uh, doing on the timeline? Um, the schedule is we started in 2021 in the summer with a preliminary project uh, with a local contractor here from Springfield, R.D. Lawrence. That project's just now wrapping up. We're waiting on, like everybody else, um, electrical equipment to show up. We've had some generators on order for 24 months now. We're hoping someday they arrive. Um, phase Phase three, one and two were combined due to the pandemic. Phase three is the underground parking garage, which is um, just to the north of the Stratton building. It's a large hole everybody's been driving by, and um, really the, the necessity for the two tower cranes that we see in our horizon currently. And then um, phase four, which is our final phase, is um, the full north wing and that new underground conference center and the new visitor's entrance, plus a renovation of floor six, all the way through to the basement. And there were questions about uh, the timeline of all of this. 
first. So the visitor's lot will remain intact and all of the bus parking will still be there. Okay. But what we're doing is trying to provide an area for buses to drop off safely. You know, right now they, they park on Monroe, they park on 2nd Street. We're actually going to do a curb cut to where we can fit, I believe, four coach buses to offload at one time, and then those buses will make their way to park permanently in the visitor's lot. Um, as far as our underground parking garage will hold 440 cars, all the rest of the surface lots will remain as is. The only one we've really removed is that North Drive. So we'll get to a few more questions from last night's Springfield City Council meeting about what's going on with uh, other parking and what about uh, the visitor center? What about the Stratton building? They're going <laughs> to... The Alderman Hanauer said that big hole there. He was hoping they would just push the Stratton building into it and build something new. So uh, we'll get to some of that coming up here with the Council Roundup. It's brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Don't forget about deliveries. Head West Subs. All right, stay tuned. More of the Council Roundup. Back with the Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to Head West. Their downtown location open for lunch. Don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. We're hearing from the uh, architect of the Capitol presenting to the Springfield City Council uh, the various updates that are happening at the uh, Capitol complex uh, and hearing of the, uh, the the parking situation and the visitor center, getting a timeline. Let's hear about that visitor center, though. Again, Andrea Ackard with the uh, architect of the uh, Capitol. So the visitor's lot will remain intact and all of the bus parking will still be there. Okay. But what we're doing is trying to provide an area for buses to drop off safely. You know, right now they, they park on Monroe, they park on 2nd Street. We're actually going to do a curb cut to where we can fit, I believe, four coach buses to offload at one time, and then those buses will make their way to park permanently in the visitor's lot. Um, as far as our underground parking garage will hold 440 cars, all the rest of the surface lots will remain as is. The only one we've really removed is that North Drive. For those of you who are, who are familiar, the visitor center is on the far western side of the Capitol complex. But there's so much that downtown has to offer, and especially with the renovation of the armory building. So it's our plan to incorporate the visitor center now within the armory. So uh, she goes on to talk more about uh, the various plans there are, uh, including uh, some questions here about the um, uh, visitor center and where that's going to be. But uh, Alderman Hanauer, he uh, he chimed in with uh, an interesting uh, observation. He was hoping to see ultimately happen with this uh, with this project when he saw the big hole outside of the Stratton building. I thought originally when you were putting the building the hole, you were going to throw the Stratton building in it. <laughs> uh, that that would have been nice, but um, but I think this is great, and I appreciate it. Appreciate the uh, the uh, presentation. Others uh, getting their questions in as well, uh, including from uh, you know uh, the. Uh, various alder people, uh, Alderman Gregory jumping in. Uh, there were questions about dust uh, being uh, kicked around, and they're bringing in some uh, some some uh, various machines to help clean up that construction dust. But uh, Ackard also gave a little bit of, a, of an idea of what's going to happen with the Stratton building, because that's one thing you hear all the time is the Stratton building is um, old, it's, it's gross, they don't like it, people don't like working in it. What's going to happen with the Stratton building? We know that soon the Stratton building is going to come down, but I can't put a date to it until I receive the funding. Obviously, a new building has got to go up before we can remove 1,200 people from the Stratton. Um, ideally, 
we hope to build a new legislative office building where all the gravel lots are to the north of Monroe. At that point, um, parking will be shifted probably more underground to where the Stratton is currently. And then that should free up some space around the armory, potentially for some visitor spots. And uh, ultimately, she said that uh, she needs the money to do all of this. Uh, Alderman Williams had a question about uh, a parking lot that's just south of the Capitol. It's a big empty lot that's been there for years. I want to say it's between Cook and Edwards, maybe. Yes, that's correct. Um, is there any plans for that great big lot that's been empty all these years <coughs> yeah. to go along with these plans? It is um, owned by the Laborers Union Pension Fund. Um, you know, at some point, I think the state would be interested in purchasing it, but there's, I don't have any plans as of right now. So that's an update of the $240 plus million uh, work that's being done at the Illinois State Capitol. Uh, your tax dollars from the Rebuild Illinois program, where you increased gas taxes, and uh, there's even some gambling money that goes into that, as well as other fees and tax increases and so on. Uh, so yeah, $240 plus million is right here in the State Capitol, and uh, the State Capitol just wanted to update the uh, Springfield Alder people as to what's going on uh, with that project right in the smack middle of Springfield. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the Legacy Sports Shields Sports Complex. The Legacy Point Shields Sports Complex. I got it. The Springfield, biggest ever dome in the country, in the world, the world, world. Uh, the Legacy Point Sports Complex from Shields in Springfield. Uh, we'll talk about that next year on WMAY. Stay tuned. It is the Council Roundup. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Council Roundup is brought to you by Head West Subs. 92.7 WMA1. All right, we got way too much to get to here with the Council Roundup. It is Springfield's Morning News. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Let's get right back into it. After hearing about the updates to the Illinois State Capitol, let's now uh, find out whether or not the City Council is going to approve a new agreement on a sports complex at Legacy Points, which is the southern part of town. And they had Ryan McCready there, who is with the Sangamon Growth Alliance, ready to talk about this updated uh, agreement and uh, field a lot of questions. Good evening. I'm Ryan McCready with the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. I don't have much new to present to you tonight. Uh, not much has changed since your meeting last week, which I think is a good thing. So, McCready, uh, he laid out uh, the benefits to all of this, how it's uh, been a long time coming. It's been a, a couple years of discussions about getting the project to this point. We're very excited about it. Uh, the, uh, the interest that have, has shown this entire time has grown, and it continues to grow. And uh, he went on to uh, talk about uh, some of the, uh, the other aspects of this coming together. Um, the, the dome will set it apart from other sports complexes with the largest sports dome in the world. Uh, that dome is constructed in a manner that um, has also as a, as a metal mesh that helps support that dome. And we, we were informed that a dome that was constructed in the same way went through the Category 4 hurricane in Miami and was able to handle that storm. Um, now, we seem to test wind shear about every week here right now, yeah. it feels yeah. like, um, or multiple times a week. Right. Um, and I understand that. But... Uh, the dome is fully insured uh, and uh, has warranties attached to that. And Mayor Lingfelder, he had uh, just uh, you know one one point of clarity on the uh, the wind speeds that this uh, this dome, the world's largest sports dome, that they anticipate here with the Legacy Sports Complex there at Legacy Point. Uh, here's the mayor asking um, uh, Ryan McCready about that particular issue. It will stand up to 125 miles 
per hour wind? That's right. Yeah. And then the uh, highest in Springfield's been like 97? 97 oh. miles an hour, I think, in 1959. Seven. 57. I was close. 1957. Thank you. Huh. Alderman Gregory? That's not a challenge, Mother Nature. Oh, no. We're not oh, looking to, to challenge that this week at this weekend any time. So please remember that. Brian, just knock on the wood when yeah. you see yeah. it. There you there go. go. He knocks on wood. All right. So Alderman Sean Gregory, he had uh, some concerns about youth access to this, and he says that uh, he's proud to say he's going to support this now. Um, I remember as a young kid always going through and, and being places that I shouldn't be, and I don't want them to be looking through the fence. I want them to be allowed through. So that's the only reason I'm passionate about this, and I look forward to voting for this tonight as I was original no vote, so I appreciate it. But while, uh, you know, they may have swayed those who are were once opposed to it to jump on board with it, Alderman Joe McMiniman, not very much a fan of this overall idea, uh, and he laid out a whole host of concerns. Uh, my concern remains the, um, you know, I, I was a no vote the last time when the subsidy was uh, $36 million, and now it's Forty-five million. Um, we've never had a subsidized a project at this at this level. It's um, a complicated project. agreement. Um, there is risk to the city, depending on how the bonds are written and the terms to the bonds. There's a great deal of oversight that needs to take place with all the. Um, contractual terms. So again, uh, Alderman Joe McMiniman, he's done that before. Uh, he's brought props to the uh, to the council to uh, highlight, for instance, uh, unfunded pension liability. Uh, and uh, he's, he held up a, a sign last night, said $45 million, uh, and that's how much the subsidy, he says, uh, is going to be, uh, you know, the city's on the hook for. Uh, and he laid out a bunch of his concerns, uh, including uh, just the, the various uh, legal loopholes that there might be in all of this and how uh, those are defined. As an attorney, there's legal tripwires all over this um, agreement because the city can terminate funding at any point in time with a whole number of different triggers. And if the disagreements take place about was that a legitimate trigger, was it a substantial trigger, and, and that kind of thing. To share more of his uh, concerns about this whole ordeal. Um, again, government shouldn't be in the place of guaranteeing private profit and avoiding private loss unless it's really an activity crucial to the city's core mission. And you know, our core missions are public safety and infrastructure. And we have other needs out there. Uh, and he went on to talk about the uh, incoming mayor, mayor-elect Misty Busher, and he said that uh, you I, know they, they, she's got some good points that she's made. I think our mayor-elect has made a good point that uh, on two main points that our poverty rate in the city of Springfield is higher than the state average. I think our mayor-elect said that we're got a poverty rate of 18 percent. State average is 12 percent. Um, our mayor elected to say, let's beautify, and we need to beautify those gateways. We need to have pride in Springfield. And when you come in from many of the gateways, you're going through a depressed, neglected area of Springfield. So I've got a problem with this kind of subsidy um, for an area that, it's an activity that doesn't really help our neighborhoods. In my opinion. And uh, McMiniman went on to share a whole host of concerns. Uh, He talked about how, uh, you know, this is a a very large subsidy that's being uh, let. He talked about uh, how he wanted more research into the overall uh, questions of 
the the subsidies and the impact of the various tax increases that there were. Uh, he also uh, said that there's a lot of other priorities the 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 the, the city has when it comes to downtown properties uh, that that are having some problems. Here's more of what Alderman McMiniman had to say. What do you think the subsidy was for High V when High V came in ten years ago? He didn't know, but um, you know the subsidy was three and a half million dollars, and that was to really improve the neighborhood. Why? Because we had a grocery store desert there. And uh, McMiniman continues. So getting back to High V, that was a three and a half million dollar subsidy. I don't think we've ever had anything close to this kind of a subsidy. I think. The hotel motel tax monies would have been better spent the gateways into the city downtown and also uh, he wants to focus on other priorities downtown a uh, 11 story Ridgely building that's going to have to be vacated they shut off the natural gas there we've got a number of large buildings downtown that need attention and uh, we take this subsidy um, from hotel motel taxes and it's not going to be available for the more strategic needs of the capital city. And he uh, continued to hold up that sign uh, for $45 million. This, this is the problem I've got with, with this. $45 million of subsidy over the next 23 years. Um, when there are other areas of our town that need the help, our gateways need the help, and downtown needs to help with that hotel motel tax. So. But Ryan McCready, he uh, wanted to react to everything that uh, Alderman McMiniman had to say about uh, the, the whole project. When we look back compared to before the pandemic, we have 2,000 more people employed in this metropolitan area than we did before the pandemic. And I just returned from the biggest conference of site selectors in the country. And I told them that our workforce has grown by almost 2% compared to before the pandemic. They said that is rare. That is a rare situation around this country. But McCready went on to discuss a variety of other uh, responses to Joe McMiniman and uh, then talked about uh, the overall financial impact. What kind of questions there are about that? The economic return has to be there or the developer doesn't get the money back. And so not only as the market analysis showed that, but the developer's analysis has showed that. And trust me, the banks that want to finance this thing are going through it with a fine-tooth comb also to look at that. So uh, Alderwoman Conley, she had some questions that she wanted to raise about all of this as well and uh, make sure that it was clear uh, she supports this move. There are more walls in here than, than even I realized at first. Uh, I've gone through it again uh, and a little more slowly, and I'm, I'm comfortable with this agreement. We have to take chances. You, you, can't, you can't cut your way into and reduce your budget into and grow a city. We're, we're making a big investment in our city. We're telling people this is a great place to come for a variety of reasons. I'm excited to see a reason for people to come here that's not, um, again, no offense to the Capitol architect, the, the General Assembly or, or Abraham Lincoln. But there were also, uh, you know, questions about the timeline. Alderman Donilon uh, raising those questions. And go. After that's signed, when will construction start? Uh, once that's signed, I believe they have 90 days, correct, mm -hmm. to, to right. begin. So to secure the financing and start construction. So the developer, uh, the prime time to move dirt in Illinois is May 15th to June 15th. So we're and the first part of that process is to move those things. Theoretically, so we are, we're 97 days away from this getting off, we're in the ground, off the ground, however you want to look at it, and that's important. 
97 days. Alderwoman DeCenso says, well, it's been five years. Sports tourism is a real thing. Right now, we cannot provide that. We can't do what we've always done and expect something different. And not to state the obvious, but a grocery store is not a sports complex. She also talked about uh, the, the ups and downs this project's had all this while. There have been people storming out of rooms. There have been raised voices. There have been ugly comments. There have been <clears throat> nasty fights. And we're here, and we're going to pass this tonight. Because it's right for all of Springfield, not just Ward 6. It's right for everybody. Show a lot of passion. And if there. I don't get invited, yeah. post sitting in this chair to <laughs> dig that dirt up, you're going to hear it from me. I'll stalk you. Um, but, uh, and I will too. So uh, obviously a lot of uh, questions uh, about how this is going to advance uh, after they, uh, of course, did advance it. But uh, you had Alderman Hanauer, I think, really make a clear point here that uh, uh, this is going to, once they get the, the shovel into the ground, this is going to allay a lot of those skeptics out there who have been skeptical that uh, anything like this is actually going to happen. Uh, so here's uh, Alderman Hanauer. And there are a lot of skeptics, always has been. And that's why it's important. The quicker you can you can break ground and start moving dirt out there, that that'll get the skeptics on your side. So they approved this it. Is, this is a new way of doing things, and that's this is the way, way we, says, we should do things. And that's uh, Alderman Ralph Hanauer as they approved that. Alderman McMiniman was no vote, and that is your council roundup from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch, and don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs.